Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports covers all things college football, and he was able to check out a little bit of the Razorback spring practice. And Brandon, as always, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, we're doing good, man, and uh, I know that we've talked about some of the things we saw from the uh, Razorback spring game, and some people yell at us because they're like, how could you take anything from spring practice? Well, you also watched the spring game and have been covering Razorback spring practice. What were some of the things that you saw from this, or at least some of your takeaways? Well, I didn't get to watch the spring game, but I did attend a couple of practices. I was working on a picture piece while in town, and, um, you know, one of the one of the things that stood out to me was the two new receivers or two of the new receivers they got on the team and Isaac Tesla and Andrew Armstrong. I'm not sure how they did in the spring game, but um, they looked very good in the practices I watched and getting open, sneaking through crowds and uh, sure handed. Um, they looked to be a couple of good additions. And, um, and then defensively, a lot of energy out there under coordinator Travis Williams. That's going to be an attacking style defense, which is, kind of commonplace these days in college football, but they're usually going to be bringing pressure from all over the field. And um, I'm interested to see how that, that defense kind of evolves as they go into this season and how it you know, might differ a little bit from Barry Odom or, or maybe not at all, uh, considering you know, that, that defense last year kind of, kind of let down a little bit, I thought, um, giving up a lot of points and not doing as well in the red zone as you would hope. But – to me, just in the two practices I saw, and of course, just in limited, you know, uh, uh, time, and also a lot of seven-on-seven work, some team work. Those are the things that really stood out to me. Some of the things that uh, many people have been interested in is the backup quarterback position. Through some of those practices you saw, what did you see from the backup quarterbacks? I think they got work to do. Um, I like Criswell. Um, I, I really like him. Um, I think everybody else <laughs> has some work to do. But having said that, I know Sam Pittman was saying at one of the press conferences I was at that he feels really good because they, they feel like they finally have exited a spring knowing that they've got a good second quarterback. And I think they do too. Um, I mean, how could you not with a quarterback as good as he was and the pedigree he, he's coming coming from there um and listen in the sec you better have a backup quarterback ready to start uh sec fans know that all too well i think five of the seven sec west teams last year maybe six of them i think it's five uh had to start to at least two different quarterbacks last year because of injuries or just because the play wasn't up to their standards so if you're arkansas you better have two ready to go if you want to be in contention for anything when november comes around Brandon, also uh, the things that we've talked about, and I know we even discussed it with you with the transition from Kendall Bryles to Dan Enos and then uh, Barry Odom uh, to Travis Williams. So there's just been a lot of philosophical defense uh, changes there too. Starting with the offense of Dan Enos, you, you're a guy that's been, you know, covered Arkansas and, of course, knowing a lot about his time there at Alabama and then in Maryland. Now he's back at Arkansas. Just what did you make of what he's been able to bring to the table so far in this spring and what the Arkansas offense and how different it's going to look from a Kendall Bryles offense this past year heading into this season? Yeah, very profile. I think the thing that people just notice in layman terms is that there will be a lot more formation uh, than what you're accustomed to seeing under Kendall Bryles. Um, you know, you're playing so fast in the Kendall Bryles system. 
You're not really trying to mix the formations. You're trying to get lined up, take advantage of some mismatches there. Whereas Dan Enos is going to try and scheme you up uh, and get you going. Now, they will speed things up. They'll hurry up when they need to, but it's not going to be something they're doing every single down like you saw pretty much with Kendall Browse's offense. Um, and having said that, it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch how the team digests that offense when they actually start getting deep into the playbook uh, going into August. You know, listen, I don't think KJ Jefferson will have a problem with it. Some of these veteran guys have been around. They know what to expect. But how much of that playbook can you put in there? And how do you try to simplify things when you are throwing so many different formations and different types of plays at them? Um, you're going from a very potent and deadly offense that was simplistic in a lot of ways, but also put something on the players to produce. Whereas now the Dan Enos offense, they're going to be asking a lot more from them before the snap when they're going into the huddle, if they do huddle at times, and of course right before the snap. So it's a much different way of going about things. And you know, everybody talks about terminology and not changing the language a little bit. They're trying to mix the two previous offenses from that standpoint of, hey, what did you call this play beforehand? Well, we'll just keep that, that term for this play. Uh, to kind of simplify things. But the fact of the matter is there's more kind of to digest here, and that's not always easy. And I think it's kind of difficult to tell when you're going through the spring whether the team has got a handle on that fully or not because they're not installing the entire playbook. So August preseason camp going to be fascinating to watch uh, how different things look with this offense and whether the players are up to speed on it. You mentioned a different type of energy with the defense. Now, something that many fans may be looking forward to is a lot less in three-man fronts from the defense. What what was kind of the base that you saw um, in being able to see some of these practices and some of the differences you saw with the defense? Well, they're still going to utilize a four-two-five. Uh, you know, Travis Williams is very much uh, kind of been uh, kind of jumped over to that mold a little bit previously at his time in Auburn working on the staff of Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator who's now at Alabama. But they ran a lot of four two five. They mixed up front. Um, you know, I don't think it'll look really probably all that different from what you saw under Barry Odom previously. It's just he's gonna go about seeing things differently, of course. I know fans want to get wrapped up in why are we you know, three-man front or a four-man front on this guy or whatever, but you know some some of that stuff's just your base and what you're doing, and, and you're shifting to different things. You're trying to disguise things. A three-man front might actually not be a three-man front. It's probably a four-man front, the way they're trying to disguise things. But uh, that, that base system is going to be very similar to what Odom ran. Speaking with Brandon Marceau of 24-7 Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Brandon, you wrote an article which was uh, really well done uh, talking about the, the new-look roster for Arkansas with 24-7 sports, and you, you talked a lot about the culture, and Sam Pittman has about the changes that have been made, whether it's players or, or coaches and everything. Uh, he kept saying that he's happy where he's at. Uh, it wasn't as bad as what everyone thought it was, but it wasn't as good as I ever thought it was. But what, when just talking with him and hearing about that, what do you feel like was the issue there with the, the culture that Sam Pittman was trying to have? And why is it so much better now than what it was a year ago? You know, the old cliche is not everybody's on the same page. Well, I mean, that, that was the case at Arkansas. Not all the players saw eye-to-eye with each other. They didn't see eye-to-eye with all their coaches. The coaches didn't see eye-to-eye with each other. Coach, some of the coaches 
a really weird mixed bag. Not not everybody was on the same page. Week to week, you didn't quite know what to expect. Um, and there was different reasons for that. And, you know, not to dive into the weeds on that, because honestly, I don't know every single little thing, obviously. But um, it's obvious that there were some, you know, everybody's got an ego, and there were some egos involved there, and some got hurt, and some believed that they had, uh, you know, that they're, their, their stature was bigger than maybe where it was, or, or maybe rightfully so, they believe they should have been on a bigger bigger stage than what they were. And so when we got that going on, and it's become such a loud, raucous noise where it becomes more me, 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 you're hearing the locker room, than you know, what do we need to do? Um, that becomes distracting, and not just distracting, but it starts becoming part of your culture, your program. It starts getting into the fabric of things. And it's human nature to start looking over your shoulder and start to question everything around you. And that really, I think, led to the downfall of the team in a lot of ways in some games last year. And so, all that said, a lot of people left this offseason, and there's reasons for it. People don't leave good situations, but they believe they're in a good situation. And so, some of it was by choice, a lot of it was by choice of their own, but also a lot of it was this needs to happen. You need to go. And so Sam Pittman now is in a spot where he believes that they've got the right guys on the field and on the sideline to where everything's going to be together. Um, you know, the question is, of course, every team feels like that at some point, but can you keep it that way at the first sign of adversity, whether it's off the field or more common during the season when you lose a game or you have a tight game, a tight game or, some weird battle stuff going on inside the locker room. Can you keep it together at that point? That's the true test of everything. Arkansas is done with spring practice and spring football as of this weekend. Any kind of advantage to being done with it now because there are other programs that are still participating in it this this week coming up? Maybe to focus on the transfer portal, but as we're seeing right now, and I know Arkansas has been on a couple of kids right now. Arkansas has got, what, like six or seven spots that they still fill, and might end up adding even more than that, depending on if anybody leaves the program. But it seems like everybody's staying on board as of right now. Um, and Sam Pittman's mentioned that. you got to have everybody on campus now if you stay here. Um, and so maybe it gives you a little bit more time to focus on the transfer portal. Uh, but having said that, we've seen here in these first days of this new window that opened up on Saturday that hasn't quite been the quantity that maybe some of us were expecting. And there really isn't the amount of quality we were expecting either. And, you know, I was talking to some colleagues this morning in one of our morning meetings at 24-7 Sports, and we're talking about how if you are a backup offensive lineman or defensive lineman somewhere and you enter the portal, those guys are getting more calls and more offers and being asked to visit than any other position right now because coaches just need big bodies on scholarship and in practices to help with everything. Um, more so than say, you know, well, we just need another receiver just in case. They want an offensive lineman just in case. They can never get enough of those guys. So those are the most popular guys. And right now there just isn't the type of quality out there with any position, but specifically those skill positions. So let's see what happens here in the next week or two. We'll have more kids in the play. Um, we've got, I did my count this morning, my database, we've got 40 spring games this week and this weekend coming up compared to about 25 this past weekend. 
So maybe the transfer portal starts spinning a little bit more wildly, so to speak, starting this upcoming weekend as compared to it just opening up this past week. Brandon, I know we're a long way till football season actually starts, but uh, keeping with the theme of Arkansas, you know, Sam Bateman's entering in year four, and I know you mentioned in your article, and I felt like a lot of Razorback fans agreed, last year was a disappointment. They went seven and six, but felt like it should have been a lot better, but for a lot of the issues that we brought up, uh, that was the case. Just what do you make of Arkansas heading into the actual season with the schedule, with who they have back, with the additions that they've made? Can this be a team that takes significant steps forward and gets back on track winning eight, nine games, or – do you see this still being a, a pretty tough roster to deal with in the division to where uh, it may be a little tougher for Arkansas to get back to that point this season? Yeah, you know, seeing some of these other SEC teams and the talent level and everything, it's going to be difficult to win nine games as they did two years ago. I think if Arkansas wins eight games this year in the regular season, that's a massive success. If they win seven in the regular season, I think that's a success. And then when you start saying six wins or five wins, maybe you start talking about being disappointed. And I know fans don't want to hear that because they want to go, well, yeah, seven wins is disappointing to us. But goodness gracious, guys, considering the amount of talent that is out there in the SEC and, of course, across college football, but especially in the SEC West, it is difficult to pick up wins. And based off the schedule and what Arkansas has got coming back and what they've lost, you know, getting to eight wins would be really good. Plus, there's just so many questions I have still about a lot of teams. But with Arkansas, is what exactly is this offense going to look like? And are they going to be more successful in the red zone compared to what they were last year? Are they going to be more successful uh, in on third down? Are they going to be more of a running offense this year? What, what exactly are we going to see? I trust K.J. Jefferson. I know he's a superstar quarterback. But what are they going to do at receiver? Is, is there a guy that's going to be the guy? Are there two players that are going to be the guy there? And I know, you know, fans are going, well, good, Kendall Browse is gone and all this stuff because he struggled in this area and this area. The fact of the matter is they were still breaking records. They were still scoring lots and lots and lots of points. And you look at the Liberty Bowl. I mean, goodness gracious. They had all those guys out in that game, and yet they scored as much as they did and were up big against Kansas before everything went, uh, went crazy there late. Kendall Brown is a great offensive mind, and I said a year or two ago on this show and previous times here in the state of Arkansas that the worst thing that could happen in an offseason is if you lose Barry Odom and you lose Kendall Brown, because those are your, probably your greatest assets right now. And Arkansas just lost both of them in the same offseason. So they are going to take a hit. I have a lot of respect for them as play callers and schemers. They are great coordinators. And if you don't just replace great coordinators overnight, it's going to take some time. But what helps Arkansas is you've got a veteran quarterback to kind of help ease that transition. But there's so many questions around them and so many new pieces, as we've seen, through the transfer portal and losing players. So, um it is so difficult to judge teams properly in this day and age with the portal, but especially when you're dealing with a team like Arkansas or, heck, even an Ole Miss this year, which lost six assistant coaches compared to Arkansas losing five, where you've got half of your staff being brand new, too. Yeah, and I was actually going to transition to my next question, too, Brandon, because I felt like at the end of last season, 
Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and A&M. Those were the four teams in the SEC West that were disappointing. So disappointed with the way it ended. Obviously, Ole Miss lost four straight to end the season. We know Arkansas, Auburn had to change coaches. A&M changed coordinators too. But as far as those four teams, who do you think makes the biggest jump? Who do you think of those four teams ends up having not only a good year, but taking a next step forward to where they possibly flirt with 10 wins? Uh, A&M just because they got the talent to do so, and they made a great upgrade at offensive coordinator with Bobby Petrino. Um, you know, everybody was looking at their spring game this past week and go, well, they still can't score. They're not moving the ball. Listen, a lot of these spring games, they design them certain ways, these coaches and everything, but I can tell you watching tape of it, uh, the play calls were very vanilla. <laughs> they weren't really doing anything. So, Or we even playing at the tempo they're going to be playing at. But A&M's got the talent. They got the they got top ten talent already, and they got to coach them up to that to live up to those expectations. I think the teams that are really going to be something else in, in the SEC this year are going to be LSU, A and M, and Alabama. And that sounds boring, but you know I think A and M will make a big jump back into that fray. And then among the others, I really like what I'm hearing at Ole Miss. Uh, about their quarterback situation. They brought in Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State to kind of push Jackson Dart, the incumbent starter from last year. And by all feedback I've gotten, not just from the spring game, but through spring practices, Jackson Dart has responded and has been doing very, very well. And throughout their spring practices, where there's team drills, you know, scrimmages there, uh, the spring game this past Saturday, he threw a grand total of one interception the entire time, and they're throwing the ball a lot, as you guys know. And um, I think they're in a very good spot at quarterback compared to where they were a year ago when Jackson Dart came in with the world expected of him and kind of fell short of that. I think that they've got him back on track. Well, Brandon, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. I know college football – uh, maybe taking a little bit of a break, but it's ongoing with portals and recruiting and all of that. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to discuss, a lot of fun to talk about, and enjoy it while you can, man. And we look forward to catching up with you later down the road. All right.